Welcome to Behind the Scenes Podcast. This show is full of stories, creative ideas, questions, and challenges with the hope of igniting and equipping you to be more intentional with your life. On this podcast, we take you behind the scenes of whatever we're learning and loving. Each episode will get you thinking about things you haven't before, spark meaningful conversations in your own life, and ignite you to love more creatively and intentionally. We hope this podcast feels like you're joining us for a campfire. Right, we are live with Beating Fifty Percent open on Instagram. We're going to do a Q and A uh, for those listening to the podcast that didn't tune in when this was recorded. You missed out. <laughs> yeah, we are going to be answering questions on our Beating Fifty Percent Instagram live feed, and that's what this podcast is going to be. So it's going to be a real organic yeah. live Q and A. And we're excited about it. Have never done this before. So here we go. So, um, Babe, do you want to do the Q&A box? Yeah, I can operate that. So, yeah, if you're listening right now on the podcast, we are, as we speak, answering questions on our Beating 50% account Instagram live. Jared and I were sitting in our kitchen, finishing making cupcakes and thinking about what we were going to talk about in this episode of the podcast because we just had no idea. And we're like, let's get on Beating 50 and just ask them. And then we just started talking about stuff and rambling. And yeah. you, our Beating 50 people told us, why don't you just press record and make this your podcast? So here we are. Yeah. So. All right. So here we go. Beating- do you want me to add the questions into the box? Like, uh, do it how I did before. Look at this. See? Yeah. Check it out. Oh, yeah. Here oh, nice. Go. Okay. Jeremy, right. how did you know when it was time to get engaged to Audrey? Wow, that's bringing it back a little bit. You don't really know, no. You just feel, feel, you know? So I remember feeling like you reach this point where the risk of losing her or the opportunity to marry her was way, 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 way greater than the risk of not taking that leap of faith. Mm. When was that though? Do you remember? Like, when was the point where you're I mean, like, yeah, I know short, I'm shortly, shortly after, I knew I was going to marry you, babe. Shortly after, um, meeting me, meeting you. But the point of actually getting engaged, like, yeah, I don't really remember. I'm really going to do this. I'm going to propose. I don't really remember when that specifically. Like a year into dating, after we broke up. I honestly don't know, and <laughs> okay. I would, I would need a couple minutes to think about it, but. That's the important concept for me was just realizing, man, she's worth every risk. And so I'm going to take this final one. But Wow. Those are some big fire crackles yeah, we got a fire in the going. background. All right. Okay. Other questions. So tips for beginning relationships, like you're first starting to date. Um, you got any tips for beginning relationships? Yeah. Tips for beginning uh, okay. A relationship. One of well, the biggest some, tips that yeah, we, always say we always is, say is yeah, get out of your comfort zone. Go on adventures together and do things where you can see the other person outside of their comfort zone, where you can see them trying something new for the first time or doing something hard because that will reveal a lot about their character. So don't just do like, don't fall into the normal routines of like, dinner and a movie or game night in or things like that. Like actually go do things that might seem weird or uncomfortable to you. Like try something new together. Maybe it's new for both of you. Maybe you explore a new place or, um, 
or just do something like totally random. So I thought you were going to say what we, I thought you were going to say just ask questions, be friends, be friends, ask questions, be friends, get out of your comfort zone. Yeah. But like, there's that famous quote, pursue friendship. There's that famous quote that is, um, you know, when, whatever it is, when the, this is when you don't prepare (laughs) (laughs) when the years have passed and blah, blah, blah. And the sensations have, have faded you will be left with the a friendship friend. you've built or yeah, you'll be left with a friend. So, mm-hmm. so that's the foundation of all relationships is friendship. So, mm-hmm. uh, oh, be, so don't rush into, question. yeah, don't rush into anything unnecessarily. I would say just become good friends. Cause if like- you can be really good friends, then you can be pretty much, you can choose, you know, where you want to go from there a bit. What's our favorite hobby to do together as a couple? Currently, probably uh, ski. When we get skiing, to? is or, that a hobby or running? We like running. Running, going for walks. Are those yeah, hobbies? Those are like, kind of activities. Yeah. Well, we're kind of in a we're weird activity. We're in a weird holding period. Um, I feel I feel like I know what a lot of our hobbies would be, but we're you know right now I would say it's running. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the big one, pushing yeah. the kids around, going for jogs and stuff like that. So. Do we speak other languages? I do not. I, I took French three years when I was in high school, but yeah. Jeremy spoke a little bit of Spanish way back in the day, but probably forgets it all. Okay, let's see. So someone, two of you have maybe asked, are you guys thinking about buying the farm? For those that missed our podcast a few weeks ago, um, we kind of, we share a little bit about that. We actually tried to last spring and I think it just, it brought We shared up- about that in the podcast Three podcasts ago. Three podcasts ago. By the time this ago. airs. Yeah. So. So as many of you know, it's always been our dream. We've worked our entire marriage for it, our entire relationship for it, really. It's something I've always, always, always wanted to do. And I want to say I really wish that it would, you know, it could still happen. But um, yeah, without getting into it, it's really kind of hard not to get into it. But um, some other there was just maybe some different thoughts on it. So we are learning a lot through the process. I think the Lord's uprooting a lot in my life in this process and showing me that, Hey, you thought your entire life would start and end on this place. It might not. I might have a whole new story for you to write and live and it's going to be way better. You just need to trust me Mm -hmm. and choose to follow me. And so I'm in that process right now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, but, it's definitely a big bummer. So, okay. Love languages, and, babe. And we might share more about this later, but for now, that's just kind of where we're going to leave it. Babe, what's your love language? Mine is quality time and gifts. Mine Jamie's is words of affirmation and, and physical, physical touch. touch. Um, okay. Advice on female friendships when you're an intense female like me. <laughs> Uh, okay. I'll speak to this really quick. Although I I don't, I can't say that I have like the most profound, brilliant advice on it. And it's honestly something that I still struggle with. It's something that I've always struggled with. I've always been an intense female and feel like I come on too strong for people, um, for women specifically. And I've always just tended to gravitate towards male friendships. It's just been easier for me to connect I think with men, although I will say I have been blessed and fortunate to have had a really tight knit group of best friends from kindergarten that like 
I was a part of the, the group and those were my female friendships. And so because I was a part of that group and the Lord just like really blessed me with those friendships and those friendships are still some of my best friends today. Um, we've known each other for literally like 26 years, 27, some of us. And that was a really big gift for me that I think that the Lord knew that I needed because they, those women knew me so well that like they weren't afraid of my intensity. Um, those lifelong friendships, like they weren't, but it's harder for me now making new female friends. Like it's, that is more of a challenge for me. And even in a lot of our married couple friendships, Jared, like can speak to this too. Like I tend to gravitate towards like, like if the guys are talking and the girls are talking, I always find myself like in the guy conversation. Um, It's hard. And it's something I have to be intentional about not doing because I don't want to always be, I mean, you also doing that, and I love women. It's not that I don't. It, it's like a not subconscious, but just it's a struggle for uh, me. Yeah. Anyways, it, I don't have anything super profound to say about it, other than to just bring it up and say that it's a thing. And it was interesting when I I put it on like an Instagram story or something a few weeks ago, and a bunch of people just resonated with it a lot and said that they struggled similarly with that. Um, yeah. I think it's really hard also for women to be honest. I think it's easier for men to be honest. I think that's one of the barriers for me. Hmm. That's an interesting thought. Maybe that's too bold of a statement, but yeah. anyways, okay, let's ask another, or let's see what else we got. Why was it here. so difficult for you to reciprocate your feelings for me when I first shared them for you? Um, and, and I think the it it's along the same, similar kind of thread of being stubborn intense, and strong-willed and tense. Uh. Yes, I, so one of the things was I just had a real, I was really guarded and I knew that I didn't want to like waste my time dating at that point in my life. When I met Jeremy, I was like not really looking to date around. I was probably falling into the camp more of over spiritualizing dating, you know, the type of girl that's like the next person that I date is going to be my spouse. Like I was over spiritualizing it for sure. I didn't want to mess around. So I was like serious. So Mm -hmm. part of it was that just protecting myself from my feelings, getting ahead of myself or, or getting wrapped up into an emotional moment. Um, and then the other part of it was just my stubbornness and pride and kind of this, um, independent, strong willed nature that I've always had of like, I don't need a guy and like, I don't, Mm -hmm. I don't need to, I like, how do I word this? I don't need to have somebody. I think you were telling me that they love me all the time. I think you had some misconceptions about it. I'm stronger than that or something. Yeah. You were, yeah, you had some weird (laughs) thoughts around it that needed to be in our first book of Love Letter Life. We talk about breaking down walls and Audrey had a lot of walls. walls. That's a a good way to sum it up. And those, those walls interpreted for her, how she saw life and mm-hmm. what she did because of how she saw life. Mm-hmm. And they needed some reframing, some mm-hmm. rebuilding. And that was part of her process mm-hmm. that we talk a lot about. And I think also not to like beat the horse on Enneagram because, you know, Enneagram is not everything. But just because the point is solid here, like as an Enneagram 8, it's really hard for Enneagram 8s to be vulnerable and once they are vulnerable with someone that means that they really trust you and like 
it takes a while to get to that point for an Enneagram eight. But once they get to that point, like they're all in like intense levels of trust. Right. Yeah. But it takes a while to get there. And so part of it was that too. Yeah. Like I didn't know. Totally. Jeremy was someone worth trusting in the beginning. Yep. So So shifting gears a little bit tips for remaining or no, no, no. Uh, Advice on being on the same page, especially now with COVID not sure what that means with COVID, but what I assume is just heightened stresses and scenarios and decisions and all that. And we talk about this all the time. Communication. People don't, I, I just think people don't quite realize that they are or are not communicating. Mm. You know what I mean? People just kind of fall into what they do and routine and then they don't think about it mm-hmm. and it's just life and it either comes easy or it's really difficult. Life's just happening but to But all you. of the hard work in between of easy and difficult, mm-hmm. people just kind of forget about. Communication is one of those hard things in the middle of, you know, pretty easy or pretty difficult that people just forget about. So mm-hmm. when it comes to getting on the same page, you don't know what page your spouse is on unless they communicate it. They will not know what page you're on unless you communicate it. And if you live every single day, week, month, year, thinking or expecting them to know something that you've never shared with them, that compounds interest over Mm -hmm. years and years and decades until one day you find yourself so frustrated with them because you're like, who are you? Mm -hmm. Right? Because you've never spent the days, the weeks, the years to keep learning and figuring them out. Mm-hmm. This is why the marriage journal is so, may I say, brilliant. Mm-hmm. It is that weekly check-in that is just communication at mm-hmm. its core, but it's that weekly rhythm of yeah. I'm learning you, I'm studying you, we're married, what do you think about this? What makes you happy? What makes you sad? What was hard? How can we change? How can we grow? And you're recognizing the changes in your relationship by doing it, right? Because you're doing it every week. So not so many weeks go by and all of a sudden you realize that your husband or wife isn't passionate about that anymore. Or they're totally thinking about this and it's like spinning them in this vortex and you didn't even know about it or... If you've been not doing your marriage journal for a while, like pick it back up. You can start anytime. You don't have to wait for a new year. You don't have to wait for summer. You don't have to wait for your next anniversary. Like you can start on a random Tuesday night. Doesn't matter. (laughs) Um, But one thing I want to speak to, to the communication thing, just to add to that is it's both of your responsibility. So Mm -hmm. you may be thinking as you're listening to Jeremy talk like, okay, I'm really good at communicating my my feelings to my spouse, but my spouse never asks me how I feel. And I don't want to feel like I'm always communicating it. Or you may be feeling like I'm really bad at communicating how I'm feeling with my spouse and I wish he would ask me, do you get what I'm saying? Like, I think for some people, I'm just thinking of personality differences here. Like for some of my friends that I know, they need to be asked the question, how are you feeling about this? Instead of just being encouraged to tell their spouse how they feel about it. They actually need to be like guided along by their spouse and their spouse help them articulate what they're mm-hmm. actually feeling or thinking because they don't know yet. That's a process in and yeah. of itself. I think we talked about this on a podcast recently, but yes, that hard work of like knowing what you actually want, knowing what's actually life giving to you, knowing what you think about things like that sometimes takes your spouse's help for you to even figure that out in the first place, which would mean that your spouse needs to be asking you questions or engaging with you about that. Yeah. I hope that makes sense. Yeah. And someone kind of had a follow-up thought or question. We see 
you know, I see so many couples or kids, they said, what did they say here? Quote, we see so many couples, once kids are older, the couples don't have anything connecting them. Hmm. End quote. Yes. And this is part of the communication thing. Like, if you're not continually learning who your spouse are and you just fall into the just this, the rhythm of life unfolding. And here's the thing. This isn't like bad. Communication does come easy for some people and that's great. And they don't need to try or do anything. And to be quite frank, Aj and I communicate really well. We just, we think the marriage journal is an amazing tool for it. So why not do it? It's great. It's helped thousands of people. Mm-hmm. Why not? It's kind of our thought mm-hmm. um, for us because it does kind of, I wouldn't say it comes easy for us, but we do communicate really well about mm-hmm. a lot of stuff. But um, the kid thing is really interesting because it's so true. Kids come and they become just the thing. They become your life. And then when your life moves they out, they can become your they life can become if you your allow life, them to. If you allow them to. But you don't have to allow them to. Exactly. <laughs> then they move out and they- What are you, you left know, with? What are you left Because like if they become the glue of your relationship and then the glue goes away, mm-hmm. what's holding you together is kind of the thought. And so- the, yeah. the rhythm of communications is powerful. There. That's so, where someone, I think going someone back to... asked for a discount code because it's um, too expensive for them. We always have a discount code for you podcast listeners. It's podcast 10. Mm-hmm. It's indefinite. You get 10% off podcast 10, 10% off anything in our entire shop. So books, journals, the Love More sweatshirt when it's in stock. Um, hope that helps. Yes. Uh, crap. I lost my train of thought. I was going to say something about that. What were you talking about before that? Oh, I don't know. But someone asked if you get tired of all my projects, how do you handle it when you get frustrated with them? And that might be interesting. Cause if you think about frustrated the, cor- with if them. you th- like, do you get frustrated if I'm doing too many projects or spending yes. too much time? Uh, okay. <laughs> well, it's interesting because I know that you need them. So, I would probably be more frustrated with you if you didn't have a project because oftentimes it's the projects that motivate you to do the other things. Yes. So while I might not directly associate my frustration with you as like I'm frustrated with you because you're spending all your time doing this project, if you weren't doing that project, I would be frustrated with you because you're not doing things that you said you were going to do because you're not motivated by a project. Yeah. But that's just because I know I know you well enough to know that like you need something. You need to be doing something with your hands, building something physical and having something that you're working on kind of in the back burner all the time to motivate you yes. to do other things. That's just how you operate and um so and I've noticed that like, you know, for example, you decided to build a resin wood table during the busiest month of our entire life, which was our book tour. <laughs> and like, I just, it was never more clear to me than it was during that month. I'm just realizing like, okay, this is insanity that Jeremy's trying to build this table while we're literally in 14 cities in three weeks and like the most stressful, busiest time of our life. But I'm also realizing like, it's a stress outlet thing for you. Like yes. it's not stressful for you, for some people, like for me, for example, it's very stressful to build something <laughs> that is stressful, not mm-hmm. a stress outlet. Um, but for people like you, I realize and recognize that it is a stress outlet. And so I want to allow you the time and space to do that. So I, I don't necessarily get frustrated with you in the projects. What I do get frustrated with is disappearing Jeremy into the garage with no communication. Yes. <laughs> I just well, want to know. I just want the expectations to be set that like tonight I'm going to spend the whole night in the garage working on building my knife. 
mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. instead of just like you assuming but, that I'm going to figure out and realize yeah. that you're going to be in the garage. It's, rest it's funny. Instead of the non-communication, because what's funny about this like, is the other night you left well, and I was I like, know, did you, I called you and I'm like, did you leave? Like, I just want to know. Yeah. What's funny about this is because of how to go get a tool because of our intentional communication, you know that I need that. But then what frustrates you is when there is no intentional communication and I just go and do the thing. Right. It's kind of funny. Okay. Next question. Phone use boundary conversation. Want to talk about that? Yeah, we, we could struggle. Be, we could be a lot better. <laughs> uh, we go through seasons where we're like good, but then we're not. I think we are with everything happening this last summer. We want to be so we, much better than we are. Yes, but with everything happening this last summer, we were so engaged with figuring out what's true and what's not, mm-hmm. and we were reading a lot and processing a lot and then realizing every headline is really just to get your attention and your time and there is no figuring it out, which again... there, But there's just been so many big things like that put this pressure on you to, I have to read about this, I have to know about this, yeah. I have to be educated about this. And it's like one thing ends and then the next thing starts, you know? Yeah. It's just like, it's nauseous. Like right now it's like, okay, Bitcoin... I have to know about it for you. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like we just got through like the election and like whatever. Okay. Yeah. I, you know so what back, I mean? so back to the like question, one thing after back to the question that really threw a lot of our intentional kind of rhythms and boundaries up in the air. And we haven't, we haven't really taken a moment to talk about them or reestablish them. So I think we're, we're due for that for sure. We uh, And just for- to get, just to be intentional about it. Cause again, our phones are tools. Social media are tools to be used. You don't, go to bed with a hammer and mm-hmm. use a hammer to cook your eggs with and use a hammer to, you know, hang a, it's just, so tools are meant and designed to be used for specific purposes and reasons. And when you let them actually use you, that's mm-hmm. when it's a problem. And I think for us, you know, we've always been aware of when our tools are using us and we, it's time to kind of get back on at the helm on that one, I would say. Mm-hmm. So that's a good conviction there. Um, Who's the one to apologize more? I mean, I know the answer. You I just are. want to know what you, uh, apologize more? Oh, me. Me. I me. I <laughs> say I me. I'm raising my hand. Because well, but part of that is because <laughs> I articulate to you and think about things that frustrate me or that could potentially frustrate me that I want to prevent from becoming conflict and I tell them to you and then you apologize. Whereas you brush under the rug, brush under the rug, brush yeah. under the rug. Don't tell me anything that's bothering you. Don't articulate it. Don't give me an opportunity to apologize because mm-hmm. I have to pry apologies out of you. Yeah. I have to say like, does this bother you, Jer? Yes. <laughs> because as we always say, Jer blinks forgiveness. For sure. This is interesting. Advice for goal setting when your husband is not a planner. Sheesh. Are you a planner? Because if you're not, then you're like us, and it's hard. <laughs> yes, but you're uh, definitely more goal oriented. I'm more goal oriented, but I wouldn't say that either. Neither of us one of us are planners, but Audrey big. is goal orientated. Like she needs goals. I would I'm say driven. I need them less. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, this is a hard one because we, are, you know, we're the first to say like we do not have this quite figured out. I would say we 
we do our best to be intentional and like Mm -hmm. come up with strategies and plans and what do we want our life to look like? One of the big questions we always ask ourselves is what kind of love story do we want? And what kind of story do we want read back to us at the end of our life? Well, I don't want a story read back to me on how we sat on our phones every night, didn't plan anything, didn't Mm -hmm. think to do anything, didn't try to strategize towards any big goals. And so life just flopped over one day after the next. Mm -hmm. And here we are married in our Mm seventies. I don't really want that story. And so you don't either. So we try to be very intentional, like this would be cool to do. This would be fun. This would be kingdom, uh, you know, focused or orientated, like let's, well, they all should be kingdom focused or orientated, but like this would be good to do for that. But it could and, be and something so, really simple, like having well, a mutual me, me, goal. Yeah. Okay, sorry. No, you well, so to finish my thought, so to come up with those ideas, there obviously needs to be goals. And so we like do our best to plan mm-hmm. for them. And But Audrey's definitely the more goal-oriented one. And to answer the question, it's really difficult because she motivates me a lot in this and it, I think it kind of wears on her sometimes. Does it not, babe? Yeah, it wears on me to always be the motivator. Yes. Know? Yes. I think that having mutual goals where you feel like, okay, this goal is mutually important to us, not more important to Audrey than it is to Jeremy is very helpful because mm-hmm. that that is something that like ropes us in together. Like when you think about what kind of love story do I want and days flopping over until we're 70 like if you have something that you're running towards together if you have a goal and a vision the days aren't just going to pass by there's going to be added purpose and intention because you're working towards something together and that's why I think it's really important to have mutual goals not just separate goals like I think a lot of times it can be easy to just go like my goal is to get a promotion on my job this year and your goal is to lose 20 pounds right yeah or what I'm not saying that those are our goals I'm just saying that for an example right but what's your mutual goal do you have a goal together a lot of couples have never thought about that before they've never come up with a mutual goal or mutual dream like Mm -hmm. we have a chapter in our book creative love called dreaming together like a lot of couples have never thought about the concept of dreaming together you may have dreams your spouse might have dreams you may be so stoked about supporting your spouse in their dreams and they're stoked about supporting you and yours And that's all great and fine and dandy, but if you don't have a mutual dream, something that you're working towards together that you feel like your teammates in and that you can then reap the the harvest of together and celebrate the accomplishments on the other side when you do achieve it. Yes. Like that is so huge. That's like one of the most exciting things for us in our entire marriage is like working towards things together and then... Definitely. And and this is of our labor. This revolves around a really fascinating concept. It's just the idea of oneness and becoming one and creating a gravity of oneness that actually pulls you together. This is why we love the principle of sharing so much. The whole idea of the principle of sharing is you are bound together by the things you share. So the more things that you can share, the idea is the more bound together you actually become. Mm. And as Sheldon Davey puts puts it, you know, may a thousand strands of oneness be so great that it would be unthinkable to ever be able to recreate it with anyone else. And the idea is you're creating a gravity around your your marriage or your relationship and that just pulls you in deeper and tighter and closer and more one in the process. So the idea is you're not an individual that is married, rather you're you're 
two individuals, one flesh, as the Bible calls it. Imagine tearing off your arm. It doesn't work because you're, you're literally one flesh on a spiritual level. And so the more that we can try to become one flesh, obviously the better, but it doesn't really happen on accident in the same way quality time really happens on accident. Mm -hmm. You have a couple more? Yeah, a couple more. Do you believe apologies lose meaning? So this is fascinating because no. If you're if you're apologizing yeah, I know. I'm for the same get there. thing. Okay. Sorry after sorry. Yeah. yeah no. That's thing. Apologies don't lose meaning, but if it's a sorry after sorry, sorry, sorry for the exact same thing every single time, yes, it loses meaning because you're not actually sorry. You're not actually repentant. Yes. The Bible calls it repentance, which means to walk away or to turn away from. So if you repent from something you've turned away from it. And that's not to say you will never, you're totally 100% cured, never going to stumble again in the rest of it. Mm -hmm. But the idea is you have turned away to choose a better route and you say, sorry, you repent, you turn away from it. But, you know, if it's sorry after sorry after sorry after sorry after sorry, then you never turned away from it. Mm -hmm. And so I, at that point, yes, the umpteenth sorry for the exact same thing loses value for sure. Because at that point, it doesn't mean so anything. So what do you think? Do you think you should say sorry again? Or do you not say sorry until you're truly repentant and like stopped well, doing the I, thing I that mean, you're it's apologizing obvious, for on a regular I think, basis? I think it's, you don't you know? know how to repent at that point. Like you don't really get that concept and know what it means. And you need to find outside mentorship or help, I would say. Mm-hmm. Say sorry but yeah, that, but that's do you sorry, think you should? That's what yes, my question because is. Because it I'm only just asking, because I don't know. it only escalates, I think, the problem. Yeah, and it keeps you humble. Well, sure, it's a good practice, but it escalates the problem. Like you're going to get increasingly angry mm-hmm. if I keep saying sorry for the exact same thing. You're going to be like, "Well, what's the deal? Like, mm-hmm. get this. I don't want to hear another sorry that you're not sorry about." Obviously, mm-hmm. so I think you should simply because it's a way to get it off. You're, otherwise, you just hide it, bury it, bury it, right. and don't no, say anything. I so, agree. Yes, That's what should. I was trying to say, too. It keeps you humble. It keeps mm-hmm. you things in the light. And you can think of different ways to apologize. You don't have to do this. You don't have to just say sorry. Maybe you write a letter. Maybe you write a card to apologize for something. Maybe you do it in a different way that somehow shows, like, extra intention and meaning and thoughtfulness to the apology that, like, makes it more real. Mm-hmm. Okay, here's one. She asks, how do you balance work, romance, and kids? Uh, this is a big one. And so many different ways that you yeah, could Yeah, so many it. different ways. And again, you guys, this is just, I think you just want to know how we do it, right? Like, we're not saying this is how you should or this is how it works. We're mm-hmm. just saying in our life, you know, and on many of these, in our life, mm-hmm. but balance is kind of a hard word because, you know, everyone at the end of the day, you say yes to too much, you need more time, but there's certain things you say yes to that should take most of your time. And I think, you know, kids is one of those obviously, but if you need to work, you have to put food on the table. Like there's definitely a balance there, but anything outside of your one to two top priorities, I mean, there are seasons for it. Like you might not hang out with friends. I think something every week. Yeah. I think something that helps is, we are for us we're constantly reevaluating those things like we're constantly yes. evaluating and reassessing and resetting expectations for them so instead of just going like oh my gosh how do we do romance 
and be a married couple and have kids and work and keep our house clean and work out and take care of our bodies and health and do research and stay on top of news. Okay, how do we do all of that? And it can feel overwhelming, but I think at the end of the day, when you're communicating with your spouse and you're recognizing like right in this season, in this week, maybe it's just in this day, my expectations for this are really low. Like the house is going to be a mess. I am not going to read any news and I'm going to spend 100% of time playing with the kids doing sensory play. That's an absolute mess, right? That's my expectation for that day. Okay. So I've set that expectation for myself, but then that's not my expectation for every day. It's always changing. Yeah. And I think that maybe part of that is unique to our relationship. Like we're okay with the always changingness of things like it isn't every day that I'm at home with the kids playing. It isn't every day that I'm working. It isn't every day that I clean the house. It isn't every day that we have sex. Like it isn't every day that any of those things happen, right? But we're constantly reevaluating what's lacking. Are we lacking more, you know, just family playtime together? Are we yeah. lacking? Oh crap, we need to organize our garage. Like our house needs some help right now. Yeah. Are we lacking? getting ahead of on the podcast, like we're just, we communicate and are constantly reevaluating. And that's what helps us feel like we're, we're constantly making progress because we're constantly reevaluating and doing little tweaks. Yes. To adjust to the season. Definitely, babe. Yeah. Hope that makes sense. Yep. And again, like I said, that's just how we do it. Uh, It's all kind of a gray thing, but three quick questions. I'm just going to answer real quick. Does Ooh, the, that's a good question. Yeah. Does the marriage journal ever start arguments for you two? Yes. Yes. And that's kind of the point sometimes. Sometimes. Like they're not, not all fights, the but they are discussions because it brings up because hard stuff. We're pro- it brings up hard stuff and we're processing stuff. Like the goal isn't not to have arguments. The goal not, is, They don't turn into fights though. Yeah. They're just the like, goal is to handle arguments well. And the marriage journal definitely allows the space for us to get into arguments so that we figure life out. So yes, another confrontations. Yeah. Another question that was really good, man. I just lost it. All right. Well, I can't find that question, but here's a random one. I just want to answer. My husband is asking what is an essential tool in your shop (laughs) of obviously a vice, but I'm not going to say that Uh, drill press that is can't have a shop without a drill press. Didn't you just get that drill press? A couple. Well, I've always had several. Oh. You know, but that's now like mine here in the garage, but there's several at the farm I've always used. Um, All right. A couple more questions, and I think we're going to. Here's classic Jer trying to cut the podcast. He's feeling like, oh, God, this is too long. No one's going to want to listen. No. Jer getting stressed out. fine. (laughs) It's like when you go to the word to set it up and do the whole thing, it's like, I like to just let it go, but. Ooh, interesting. What new or additional skill do you think you need now to progress further? So basically, what's the one thing we feel like we oh, might need profound. to work on? Well, we can make it short. For me, personally... Well, you just know off the top of your head? Yeah. I, I would say <laughs> I would have to with like, kids and, and just being, you know, man, husband, all the things, I feel like I always need to work on leadership and just like we talked about earlier, goal setting and just being better at structuring our our life instead of letting Audrey do 
stuff and then doing things when I want to. I just need to be, I feel like, a little bit more structured in how I do that. Discipline? Discipline, always. Yeah. I don't know off the top of my head. It's okay. Take me some, I would need to think about that. It's okay. Um, Okay. How do. What's our favorite thing in our bedtime routine? Jeremy and I always kiss goodnight, no matter what. Every night, even if we're cozied up, rolled over in bed in our little spaces. Yeah. We always lean over and we always kiss goodnight. Yeah. Simple, easy thing that you can do in your marriage. It's so easy to do. Mm hmm. It's the I same. I really feel like it helps. Like it does. Every night because we go to bed connected. It's the last thing we do. It's the Maybe last add thing. Maybe a little bit of pillow talk after that. Yeah, last thing we do is say, no matter what today held, no matter the difficulties, the arguments. We don't say this actually. Yeah, we don't say this. I'm just saying <laughs> okay. the the concept is the kiss says this. The kiss says this is I'm. We're still on the same team, and at the end of the day, we're married, and I choose to figure it out and we've never gone a night in our entire marriage as long as we're sleeping under the same roof where we haven't kissed good night and i think yeah it does definitely do something um so you also guys... your grandpa says to do it and he was married for 60 years so yes this that. is true <laughs> so a few people are asking how to get a husband to put their marriage first or remember dates uh for making marriage a priority. The moment you knew you loved each other. And how help? Oh, man, that's just such a tough one. Like, I don't really, I don't know. I remember the moment I knew I loved you. Do you remember the moment? Oh, you I was me? talking about the question I already read. Oh, but, sorry. Um, yeah, that's a really, that's a tough one. And I don't know if I know how to, you know, answer that with the time we've got left. But, um, first thing I would say is just start with prayer And something we say a lot is it's not our job to change someone's heart. It's God's, but he wants your help. And so he wants to change your heart. And he wants to change your heart in the process. Sometimes you realize that your heart's the one that needs to be changed. Yes. But, you know, just being, getting on your knees and begging the Lord, like asking him for what you need. And yeah, that's, that's the best place to start there. But Okay. Did you Co- talk about the time thing on this podcast? No, you only talked about that on the live. The time thing. Oh, the time thing. You yeah. should share that real quick because it okay. goes hand so in hand. Okay, so this will be the last question, and then I think we're going to... Really? Yeah, we're, well, maybe a couple more, but they're, they're really slowing down. So again, for everyone listening on the podcast, we are literally tracking a beating 50% live feed right now and answering questions with everyone. It's really fun. Um yeah, we're having a it good time. It feels very behind the scenes. It does. It feels very behind the scenes. So, but one of the big questions that was asked is, uh, how do you, like my, I got the marriage journal and husband's not that into it. And, you know, any ideas or tips for getting your husband to engage? And yes, I would start with this. And that is asking him to do it for four Sundays, one or four days, four times which is one month because you do it once a week. You could do it any day you want, but just do it for one month. That's four times. And any, in my opinion, any, you know, he should do that for you. He should say, okay, I'll give you four, four, uh, I'm just going to say Sundays, four Sundays, I'll do this with you. And at the end of four Sundays, you know, ask him, 
are we better off for this? Mm-hmm. If so, why would you not continue? Or, you know, maybe you don't need to, or you guys decide, okay, that was great. And he just doesn't want to continue, but okay. Like you, he did it and you just kind of live with the consequences or ask him again later. If you think your marriage is worse off, then don't continue. Right. But the idea is sometimes guys just want that committed, structured, uh, time that they know what they're getting into. They know what they're in for and they can reevaluate and reassess and they know well, that and when something doesn't feel indefinite, it just is more attainable. Yes. Like if you're going to make a big lifestyle switch in, in your diet, knowing that like, okay, I'm going to try this for three weeks versus like, I'm going to cut meat out of my diet for life. Like that's way more daunting, right? For it's sure. It's more attainable. And so it feels more like I can do that to the, to the person that's committing to do it, you know? Yeah, definitely. So, so that's my thought on that. Um, and again, as mentioned, podcast 10 and you get 10% off anything on the shop. So there you go. How do you want to end? Man, how do I want to end? Well, first I just want to say because we're... Thank you beating 50%. Yeah, thanks. Beating 50 for, for making this. this podcast happen. It would not have happened without this you. This episode of the podcast brought to you by beating 50% Instagram yeah. live stream. We love there you we guys. Go. Seriously, though, we appreciate you guys. We yeah. were not planning on doing this at all. Yeah, we were like we, we were, were struggling literally to about to do a podcast about who up. knows what. But so this, this was is, way this more is fun. truly organic. This just got yeah. thrown together. But hopefully, it was fun for you guys, and you guys will get to be a part of the episode. So I do want to remind everyone that we have partnered with Compassion for this podcast season, and we are trying to get 300 kids sponsored around the world, kids that don't have food or water, medical care, shoes, uh, just basic provisions, Compassion. You sponsor a kid through Compassion, and they provide all of this via local sources. If you have any questions, you can actually comment on the Beating 50, new, uh, Beating 50 post feed and tag compassion and someone will get back to you if you ever just have a random question for them but anyways we're trying to get 300 kids sponsored if you sponsor a that kid that is our goal one of our goals one of our goals <laughs> if you sponsor a kid with our unique link then we will send you a free copy of creative love and you get to change someone's life in the process there's two ways to do that you can go to compassion.com backslash roll off sponsor a kid and then they'll just automatically send you a book or you can text the number eight three three nine three. Wow, you remember off the top? Yeah, of your head text now. roll off to eight three three nine three, and you can sponsor a kid via your phone. So help us do it. We're really it's excited. Only Thirty eight dollars to sponsor a kid, and you'll get a free copy of Creative Love, and you will get to change a kid's life. And it's really fun, and it's an awesome thing to do as a family. So Microphone. definitely do it if you definitely do it. Yeah. Can you hear me now. <laughs> And yes, it is monthly. So again, all the details are on the site. You guys can check it out, but we hope you take us up on it. So, well, this was really fun. Um, thanks, Beating 50. We always say we need to do more Beating 50 Lives. I know. We're going to do more Beating 50 Lives. It's my favorite place to go live. It's my favorite place to go live. It really is. I love these people. Like, they're just awesome people. And I feel like so many of you guys have just, are just loyal here and you care about your marriages. And if you care about your marriage, Ultimately, I feel like you care about a lot of other things. Like if you're intentional with your marriage and like you follow an account like this, you probably care about like 
being an intentional parent. You probably care about being intentional with your health. You probably care about being intentional with your finances. Like, just kind of spills yeah, over, you know? Totally. And so, like, I just feel like these are my people. Yeah, there we go. Anyways, okay. Well, my people. Blessed by you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to call it. Until next time, have a good week. Bye.